Welcome back. <laughs> it's like it's like welcome back, Cotter. Like, hey, Mr. Cotter. Hey, so welcome back to the Punt the QB podcast. We did the bench, the point guard podcast here went back in March. But Tim, college basketball's been way over. Pro basketball's over. They already had their draft. Hockey's over. They already had their draft. Now we're in the doldrums of summer. We are in the the baseball and nothing but baseball. Even the College World Series is over. We have nothing but baseball. And um, what do we do, Tim, when we hit the dog days of summer? We talk about football. We talk about football. Yeah, I uh, I, I broached you. We were, you were just kind of giving a skeleton idea and stuff. I broached you. I said, hey, man, I want to do a couple off-season episodes. So before we get into our division breakdowns, which we do. And like said, Rick said, we've crowned NBA champs, NHL champs. We've had all kinds of stuff. We will talk about that briefly in all episodes. But we, we wanted to really just tackle our favorite sport, football. And we haven't done one of these since Super Bowl. Now... Hopefully, if you listen to the March Madness podcast, hopefully you listen to Rick and not me. UConn, baby! I, along with the rest of America, did not see that coming. I, did, I didn't call UConn to win it all, but I did I did have a bet on them to win it all, but I did have them to make the Final Four. I told you they were one of yes, my sleepers yes, to make you the did. Final Four. And San Diego State, you were on them too. So hopefully you listen to Rick and not me, but we're back. We're going to talk about our favorite sport, football. We're going to talk about gambling. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of fun stuff, so hopefully... Uh, you're back. Hopefully you're listening to all good stuff. I uh, Again, I want to talk to Rick. We're going to do a couple off-season episodes before we do our uh, division breakdowns. So that's going to be fun. Now, our wheelhouse. If you go all the way back to the beginning, we love football. And your best way to participate in it has always been fantasy football and gambling. We did gambling long before it was legal. Um, hey, statute of limitations has already run out on that. <laughs> so we wanted to right away get into, there's no other way to say it, the gambling epidemic in the NFL and, and, and I know what you're going to say about other words, but I really thought, and, and let's, start, let, let's just get right into it. <clears throat> it started, uh, the state of New Jersey, on behalf of Atlantic City, uh, took it to the Supreme Court to break up Nevada's monopoly on sports betting. And they did, successfully. Fast forward now, 33 states in our country have it legal to sports bet. So, of course, the NFL, like every other sport out there, decided, hey, I'm going to get my taste. You're going to make money off me? I'm going to get my taste. And they got in bed with all the, the betting sites and all that. But that being said, they had to lay down the law. Just like in every locker room, everywhere, the whole Pete Rose thing, we all remember, you can't bet. So we thought when Calvin Ridley got caught gambling using his own phone, freaking Calvin, uh, he was away from the team. A whole, he got suspended, quote, indefinitely. Got quietly traded in November. Great trade by the Jags, by the way. Okay, yeah. Reinstated in March. We thought, okay, when they laid down the hammer on that, that was going to be the end of it. Every other NFL player was going to see that and be like, ooh, I can't jeopardize my career. And we were wrong. <laughs> yeah, absolutely wrong. I mean, before that happened, Tim, before Calvin Ridley in 2022 um, left the team and then gambled uh, $1,500 on Falcons games, which... At least he was gambling on his own team. At least he was putting wagers on his own team to win. All right? But he wasn't with the team. But once again, you still can't do it. Tim, there were only three times in NFL history before that that people had actually been in trouble for gambling in the NFL. But now, because it's so in everyone's face and everyone's doing it, everybody wants some. But no, the bottom line is, is that it's everywhere 
Okay? And now it's like a litany of players that keeps coming down the shoots here. Shoot here. There's a whole bunch of Lions players. We just had a whole bunch of Panther players, and they're all together. And, and the Colts. What's going on in Indianapolis? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We, no, sorry, not Panthers. Colts players. I know what you meant. Yeah. So I mean, but I mean, let, let's go to. So let's get to the exact rule book here. I actually dug into the rule book here, and it says all NFL personnel are prohibited from placing, soliciting. Or facilitating any bet, whether directly or indirectly, through a third party on any NFL game, practice, or event, includes game outcomes, statistics, performance, participants. Simply, simply as it says, no NFL. No NFL. Nope. NFL players can gamble on other sports, but all NFL personnel, like Miles Austin, cannot. If you are a, a, a coach... Or a, a staff awesome. member, you are. It is you cannot gamble. Period. If you gamble and you are in management, ownership, and stuff like that, you they'll they'll put the hammer down on you. Okay, for players, you can gamble on anything besides the NFL. And there's only one rule. That, there's only one rule that comes with that is that you're not allowed to do it. Um, in in team, in facilities. Or traveling with the team. Yep. Team facilities, traveling with the team, or the team hotel. So what do we have here? So we have people that are getting suspended for a full season because they are actually betting on NFL games. And people that are getting suspended for six games or eight games for half the season are getting suspended for that amount of games because they are betting on other things on the team facility, property, bus, Hotel, you okay? You you can't do it. At this point, how does somebody not just this is one of those things? I work in healthcare. All right, that was my that's my primary job is I work in healthcare. Okay, and we have to so do wait. So you're not a famous podcast? No, I well not yet, not okay. yet. I, what, I am, what I'm, am I doing here? I I am semi famous. <laughs> <laughs> I am semi quasi not famous. <laughs> all right, so. But the bottom line is is that we have training videos and we have training things that we have to do and stuff like that. And a lot of it is schmas and a lot of people aren't paying that much attention. And they're like, okay, I did it. But really, how much are you actually paying attention and stuff like that? It's kind of scary how many people in healthcare probably don't even know CPR because they just go through the motions and stuff like that. But I do. I do, by the way. I do. I, I save lives. Anyway, so anyway, <laughs> but... But the bottom Don't line is your the bottom line is is that these guys have these meetings. They have PR people. The the teams do. The 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 agents send people to the and they're always telling these people what the rules are. It's kind of like when people were getting, you know, dinged for steroids and stuff like that. Like they're telling you what the rules are. Yeah, no, you need somebody to just the, tell these you. NFL teams. It's not just 53 guys and a handful of coaches. There's hundreds of people at this facility. Like you were referencing the substances these guys take, the GNC. Oh, I found a substance at GNC. There was a guy whose only job is to answer the phone when you call and say, hey, I've got the supplement. It has X, Y, Z, you know, ingredient five or whatever. Is this okay? There's one guy whose only job is that. There's a handful of guys whose only job is to drive players back and forth around if they've been drinking too much. And they still get DUIs. There's guys whose only job is to tell you whether your supplement's safe or not. And they still get busted. Same thing, this gambling policy. They've just laid out in perfect letters what you can and cannot do. And it blows my mind. Because the average NFL career, for every Tom Brady that plays 20 years, the average NFL career is 3.5 years. That's the average NFL career. 
Half the time, we've all seen, uh, you know, the HBO show Hard Knocks. They're worried about the Turk or whatever. They're going to get cut and they're hoping to get in the AFL or whatever. The average NFL career is three and a half years. Why in the hell, in any way, shape, or form, would you jeopardize any of that for this stupid gambling stuff? We're going to get into the Isaiah Rogers thing because he, you know, the unnamed guy in the athletic report, he went on and basically said it was him. He was doing it for like $25 bets and $50 bets. You're never... He was on his rookie deal. He had a four-year, $3.2 million deal. He will never play again. He was a sixth-round pick who was a kick returner. Dude will never play again. For what? $25 bets and $50 bets? I, what are you doing? Yeah. Like the Ricky Williams thing who's like, oh, he kept getting suspended for smoking weed. Dude, when you retire, you can smoke as much flipping weed as you want. You can triple up on Willie Nelson and Snoop Dogg and just hang out with them all day after you've made your money. But while you're making your money, you have one job. Like Adam and Eve in the freaking paradise. They're like, okay, this is paradise, but that apple tree, not that apple. What do they do? They go bite the freaking apple. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> you know what? Like I said, it's, it's crazy because I'm sure... At the draft, I'm sure, like pre-draft, I'm sure pre-season, there is at nausea meetings about this and not doing this and what you can do and what you can't do. So for people, this many people to get dinged, you either don't care or you're just not paying attention because yeah, you're throwing is away. Is it possible decent, you're stupid? I mean, all just, these guys went to college. You're just throwing away decent. De- you know, good money. You're throwing away a decent career. Money. Yeah, generation. You yep. guys have worked your ass off since you were five years old, getting up at four thirty in the morning to work out and run and play multiple sports just to get to this level. And you're going to jeopardize generational wealth so you can throw your team in a parlay? How stupid do you have to be? Yeah, I, I just to to me like the the craziest part about it is is that you you just you can. Just don't gamble on the NFL. Like, these people that are getting suspended for a whole season, don't gamble on the NFL. People that are getting getting suspended for the, the six or eight games for... Betting on college. Betting, betting yeah. on the, at the team facility or in the team bus or something. Just wait until you get home. You can't just watch YouTube videos? Yeah. Like, I mean, seriously. Or listen to Spotify. Yeah, uh, why, why are you not listen. listening to us on Spotify? Well, I mean, if you're, if you're really gambling... I mean, there was a report that... Came out that one NFL player lost over eight million dollars gambling. That guy doesn't. That guy doesn't need to be suspended. That guy needs help. That guy needs yes, serious help. Absolutely. All right. There is there is a a big problem going on here with gambling in in major sports. And this isn't you know like this is this is a, a nationwide problem. Okay. Because what what is the one thing that that you could say about you know, like most of American society is a very addictive personality. People are addicted to fast food. People are addicted to alcohol. People are addicted to drugs. People are addicted caffeine. to marijuana. They wait caffeine. in line for 20 minutes for their Starbucks. Exactly. Their, their routine and stuff like that. So if somebody, and, and gambling is another one of those addictions, all right? You, you got to find some oh, better way. You know, I spent 19 years working at a casino. I saw it firsthand. I saw people lose their cars. I mean, I love gambling. But I don't ever gamble with more than I can afford to lose. Right, exactly. And um, you, you're not. You, if it, if there's something at my work said you can't, you bring out your phone and gamble and stuff like that. I would do it when I'm at home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't like just use common sense at this yeah, point. Yeah. If you you love your job, you it allows you to take care of your family. Me, I love my job. It allows me to. Take, if I walk in and there's a sign that says, "Hey, you can do whatever you want," but this one thing, I'd be like, "Okay." 
Nobody be like, oh, you can do whatever you want, but you can't bring a burrito to work. Okay, I can avoid burritos at work. Yes. I mean, like, let's break down the stats of it. Ten guys total, fresh as of today's recording, they added four more guys. Ten guys total since Calvin Ridley. I really thought when they laid the hammer down on Calvin Ridley, who was in the prime of his career, just had the best career was uh, his best career year for him. I thought when they laid the hammer down on him, that would be the last we'd hear of it. No, 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 my friend. Ten more guys. All right. Back in April, you had five more guys get suspended. I don't know what's the going Detroit on. Detroit Lions. I don't know what's going on with the Lions wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. We had Quintus Cephas. Uh, safety C.J. Moore. You had uh, Washington football team defensive end Shaka Tony, all suspended indefinitely. Cephas and Moore were immediately cut by the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, by the, the, Lions. By the Lions. Yeah. You know who didn't get cut? Jamison Williams. Yeah. Why? Because he's the talented wide receiver. Jamison Williams and Stanley Berryhill got suspended six games for betting on college games while at the facility. Now, Berryhill got cut because he's not Jamison Williams. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, and then you had the report from The Athletic. Mm-hmm. On June 5th, was an unnamed Colts player was betting actually on NFL games, including Colts games, including a four-figure bet. And well, he, and he came out on social media and immediately, and immediately came out. admitted like, and said, "That's me." He's like, "I'm not going to cause my a, bad. I'm not going to cause a big, huge show. That's me." Yeah, I, I throw myself at the mercy yep. of the court. I apologize. I made a mistake. I will accept whatever. Mm-hmm. And he got announced that today. He is one of. Three players today that were suspended indefinitely, Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry from the Colts, free agent Demarius Taylor, all indefinitely. Yep. And I'm telling you what, if you think indefinitely is going to be one season like it was for Calvin Woodley, you are wrong, my friend. Because they gave a one season and reinstated him in March for Calvin Ridley, and it did not stick. Because ten more guys got suspended. Mm-hmm. You think it's only going to be one season this time? Yeah. Yep. Do you? No, I don't. I, I don't either. They say indefinitely. I think they're going to make a... They thought they made an example out of Calvin Ridley, and they did not. It didn't stop ten more guys. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand. Like, like I said, Isaiah Rogers betting on Colts games, mm-hmm. and, and let's be honest, he was on the field that Week 18 game when they were playing the Houston Texans, and the Texans who were in the driver's seat for the number one pick had a fourth and twenty converted, and they won a game that they had no business winning. Isaiah Rogers was on the field. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to go conspiracy theory because we got plenty of that on social media. I'm just saying. No, if he had bet against them and, and something, if he had bet against his own team, I don't care if he won that bet or lost that bet, he would never play NFL football again. The NFL would come flat out and say, this man is banned from playing football. Well, let's be honest. His career's over, is it not? Pretty much. The guy was a sixth round pick. He was in the final year of a rookie deal. He was basically a kick returner. His career's over, is it? Yeah, probably. I mean, I mean, there's 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 players already that are already like this Nicholas Petit Frere, who's an offensive tackle for the Titans, and he's going to get six games. And he came out on social media and said, when they have another, when they they come out with the next group of people that are getting suspended, he said he's he's one of those people because he got caught betting on in, in the team facility. And, and it's just, you know those signs are everywhere. You know there's one coach. Whose only job is to make sure his players are conform, kind of like in the NCAA. Well, I hope it's not Miles Austin. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> you know, it's just like NCAA before the whole NH uh, uh, name, image, image, and likeness thing. Easy for me to say. 
there was one guy in every university whose only job was to make sure everybody's conformed. Yeah. You know for every NFL facility, there's one guy whose only job is to make sure every player is aware of the rules, make sure everybody's complying. You know there's at least one, probably a handful of guys whose only job is to make sure the players are behaving. Yeah. I mean, and for anybody that wants to say, well, they, they have it in the stadiums, they have the sports books in the stadiums now, and they're encouraging people to bet on the games and stuff like that. Yeah. Nobody is encouraging players. Nobody in that office, nobody in that front office, nobody on, nobody on that field is encouraging any player to make a bet. Hell no. This is, we're talking general wish, generational wealth that you've spent your whole life to get to this point. You spent your whole life working to this point, and then you actually just blow it up because of something so silly as that. Once again, drugs, you know, all this other stuff, addictions, gambling is an addiction. Um, you know, can you do it in moderation? Yes, we do it in moderation. We, we, nobody's betting. We're not betting our kids' college funds. We're not betting our our mortgages. We're not betting our you know a, a significant amount of money that we could afford to lose. You wait, always wait. play with what you could afford to let lose. Me, wait, let me write that down. Don't bet kids <laughs> college. Got it. Noted. Noted. Again. Don't do it again. <laughs> okay, my friend. So we vented. We got our we got our gambling talk out of the way. Now, the off season. There's from the end of the Super Bowl until the beginning of training camp. There's a handful of ways you can improve your roster. One of the most immediate ones, the one that comes to first, is a free agent signing. Free agent period opens, you get that first wave. So I thought it'd be fun to do the five best and the five worst. We're for the for our three offseason episodes, we're going to do the best and the worst. So we're going to do our five best free agent signings and our five worst free agent signings. We both had our homework assignments. I want to see how close. Why don't you start us? Well, up? and and I know everyone wants to talk about Rodgers and all this other Aaron Rodgers on the Jets and the trades and and the draft picks and stuff of like that. And we're going to get to that in other episodes. Don't think that we're just they were just right now free agent signings. That's all we're talking about. We will get to it in other episodes. So don't think we're leaving anybody out there uh, unscathed because we're going to get to sir we're going to get to some people here because we've been doing our homework on this stuff. Tim, I'm going to you said let's come up with five. But I came up with seven, so I'm going to give so, my so you special. Got it. No, I'm going to give my special considerations here. Okay, I've got before, honorable mentions. I'll like go some honorable to... special considerations. I do want honorable to go five mentions. to one. Is that okay? I do want to count five to one. We can go five to one, but let me at least give my honorable mentions before we start. If you want to give some honorable mentions, you can, and then we'll go from five to one because maybe some of the ones that I'm going to bring up here are some that you're going to bring up. My honorable mentions are. Multiple signings. And, and this, this is the why, best. So right, right now we're going yes, with the best. Before these we are, crap on everybody. These are the best free agent signings. I'm going to start with honorable mentions, which in my opinion, I couldn't say that they were in the best because they're not just one single player. Um, they are posi- like positional needs that were addressed by a team. So they grabbed a couple of players here. And here's my honorable mention. My first honorable mention is the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos signed Michael McGlinchey, five years, $87 million. Now, I understand he he is kind of up there on age. He might not have needed all that money, but the fact that you brought in Ben Powers from Baltimore, the offensive guard, and Michael McGlinchey as a left tackle to the Denver Broncos, from the, Michael McGlinchey coming from San Francisco, that, to me, is an honorable mention because you honed in on that offensive line. So maybe this guy comes. Maybe that guy comes in as one of your worst, <laughs> worst ones. So we're going to talk about that because I understand McGlinchey is way too much money, but the fact that they put in that money to protect Russell Wilson because that team was atrocious last year. 
All right. So to me, I'm giving an honorable mention to the fact that you at least addressed and threw a bunch of money at two offensive linemen because, Tim, what wins games? Uh, offensive and defensive linemen. Offensive and defensive linemen. trenches, protecting, baby. Protecting the quarterback and getting to the quarterback. We talk about it in nauseum for two years. It's one of the things that you'll hear Rick rant about all season long. If you do not protect the quarterback, you cannot win. Did you just go third person? Yes. Awesome. All right. And my other, my other special honorable mention here is the Detroit Lions signing three defensive backfields. Three people in their defensive backfield. They signed Cam Sutton from, from Pittsburgh, three years, $33 million. Emmanuel Mosby from San Francisco, uh, one year, $6 million. And Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from Philadelphia for one year, $8 million. The Detroit Lions got absolutely torched on defense because they could not stop people from throwing the ball. And they brought in three people that I think will help them secure that on the defense. They've made a whole bunch of other moves, which we're going to talk about um, as we get further into the podcast and stuff like that. But those are my honorable mentions, Tim, before I get started in my top five. Do you have any honorable mentions you want to bring up? Absolutely. I I love that we don't talk about this ahead of time so it's genuine, because I love when we're on opposite sides of stuff. Uh, My honorable mentions, uh, New England bringing in Mike Gusecki uh, for one year, $4.5 million. It could be up to $9 million with uh, incentives. But if you boil it down to guarantee one year, $4.5 million, not only did they get Gusecki, which brings me back to when the Patriots are successful, successful, obviously they had Brady quarterback. But what else did they have? They had Gronk and Aaron Hernandez before he went in a different direction <laughs> uh, at tight end. Gusecki reminds me a lot of that. Now, they traded away Jonu Smith. They still have uh, Hunter Henry. They brought in Gusecki. I think that's going to give some good mismatches. So I like that deal. And the Giants bringing in, they brought in a ton of wide receivers, but I wanted to point out, the Giants bringing in Paris Campbell. He's 25 years old. It cost him one year and $1.7 million. Almost nothing in today's day and age for a 25-year-old wide receiver to help Daniel Jones and the Brian Dayball offense. So those were my two honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a, a prove-it season for Paris Campbell. It costs the Giants absolutely no, nothing. $1.7 and And Paris Campbell now gets a chance to possibly resurrect his career so you know he's got to go all in this season love it all right so now that we gave out those two honorable uh, those two honorable mentions each i'm gonna get to my top five tim number five Derek carr four years 150 million dollars new orleans's window is open due to brady's retirement i understand it's a lot of money they are only on the hook for two seasons really when it's all said and done with how much money they they, they're giving him. They pretty much are, are locked in for two seasons with Derek Carr. But you're talking about an NFC South that is pretty much open for anybody to win at this point. And the Saints, talent-wise, are probably the favorite to win that division. They are. Like, it's not they probably are. They are the favorite to win that division. So they had no choice but to at least go for it. So he's number five as my best. I understand the, the financial commitment, but at the same exact time, if you're going to go for it, you got no choice. you got to go for it right now. What's your number five? Oh, well, tag team. Okay, got it. My number five is Seattle bringing back Geno Smith. I, I, I know he's bringing him back, but he was a free agent. So Geno Smith, and for what we, we can talk about it in, in, in up to upcoming episodes, the amount of money his quarterbacks are getting, the Jalen Hurts money, the, well, the amount of money. They brought Geno Smith back on a very reasonable deal. Three years, $75 million. With all the big money all these other quarterbacks are getting, I thought that was a very smart deal. You're not going to kill yourself with a quarterback's contract. All right. My number four, 
Jason Hargrove to the San Francisco 49ers. He came over from uh, Philadelphia. I mean, he is a beast. He will go great with uh, Bosa, Armstead, Armstead, Kinlaw. I mean, I can't say enough about the fact that San Francisco keeps filling their spots up with great players in in important positions and it, it, that aren't even the quarterback position. I mean, I know they got Trey Lance and they threw some money at Sam Darnold to bring him in there and stuff like that. <laughs> They've got Brock Purdy and stuff like that. But the, the, the important positions, they just keep plugging in great players. I love when you talk defense. Uh, my number four is Philly bringing in Rashad Penny. And I, I wanted to highlight this because I really wanted to highlight all the NFL teams that save money at, at running back. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, we've clearly seen in the last handful of years positions that are high desire, quarterback, cornerback, t- offensive tackle, stuff like that, and positions that aren't off-ball, linebacker, running back. So Philadelphia bringing in Rashad Penny. One year, you thought it was a good deal for the Giants bringing in Paris Kilton, uh, Paris uh, Campbell. Philadelphia bringing in Rashad Penny. One year, $1.35 million. In his last 10 games, he's averaged 6.8 yards per carry. When you take into the fact that the Sanders, Miles Sanders' outgoing running back, got four years, $25 million from Carolina, that's a massive savings for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I thought it was a great signing. I know the injury risk, but they've got a committee there. But for for them to bring in a talented back like Rashad Penny on a one year one point three five million dollar deal, great great signing. I love the fact that we've we've done two we've done two each and two honorable mentions that we have not set anybody the same yet. I think that's awesome. And oh. and Rashad Penny, I mean, like I, I yeah, absolutely. It's I love the fact that you're going like bargain bin shopping and you're pulling out some of the best things that you got and they didn't have to pay big money for. And some of those things are going to turn out to be uh, big saving things for, for teams that are going to pay off in the long run. In, in a league with a hard cap. We're exactly. not talking about the exactly. NBA where you can go into triple luxury caps. All right. We're talking a hard cap. You want to hear budget? You want to hear fitting things into a budget? Let me show you fitting things into a hit budget. Hit me, buddy. Hit me. Number three, Alexander Madison, two years, $7 million. <laughs> For to the Minnesota Vikings, who which we talked about when the season ended, who Tim was one of the people I kept saying this guy needs to get paid. He can be a starting running back, Alexander Madison. And I said Tony Pollard is is one of those guys. We were going through the list of all these other running backs yep. that are going to get franchised or going to get big paydays and stuff like that. And I kept telling everybody, I think Alexander Madison could be a starting running back somewhere. And if it's not with Minnesota, wherever he is, he's going to succeed because I like Alexander Madison. Minnesota likes him so much, they signed him to that contract and cut Dalvin Cook. Smart. Smart. They're talking about Alexander Madison will be a three-down back. I have a feeling we're going to be talking about him a lot more come fantasy football time. Ooh, spoiler alert. It's up, but I think what a great deal for Minnesota to free up money to make other things possible. Because guess what? Guess who's going to have to get paid in the next year or two? Justin Jefferson. You think? Absolutely going to have to get paid. Alexander Madison, two years, $7 million. Love it. Well, here's where the uh, doubles actually start. Uh, my number three free agent signing of the offseason, Detroit, bringing in C.J. Garner-Johnson. They brought him away from Philadelphia. It only cost him one year and $8 million. They vastly improved. You already talked about their secondary was 32nd ranked. Rick, how many teams are in the NFL? 32. Okay, so they were dead last. Their secondary was dead last. And I know you talked about the other guys' great deals. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, away from Philly, 
uh, the favorite in the NFC right now. That's a huge part. When you're taking somebody away from somebody, I love including that. One year, $8 million. Very low investment. Great signing. Yeah. Like I said, he, he only went into my honorable mention because I think it is a great move. But he went into my honorable mention because they just picked up so many players at in, the, in that defensive backfield. So many players that they absolutely needed. Uh, I think it's it's a great it's a great pick. It's a great play. All right, my number two, Orlando Brown Jr. I mean, when you're talking about taking away one of the better offensive linemen from Kansas City and putting him on Cincinnati and giving him four years, $64 million, and KC ended up signing somebody for even more than that, who I feel isn't even as good as Orlando Brown Jr. You let this guy go to pay more money to somebody that I don't think is as high quality of an offensive lineman as Orlando Brown Jr., Orlando Brown Jr. will help that that Cincy offensive line, which has struggled. Do you remember those games where they played against Cleveland and they got absolutely throttled because Burrow was getting knocked around all game long and they were just getting physically dominated by pass rush? Orlando Brown Jr. helps keep that from happening. Cincinnati, once again, getting better in the right positions to help them win a championship. Love it. Uh, more more doubles, but uh, again, we don't talk about it ahead of time. My number two free agent signing of the offseason, Sam Fran bringing in Javon Hargrove. Uh, Hargrave, I apologize. Defensive tackle, number one, they signed him away from Philadelphia. Again, their prime competition in the NFC. I'll drink to that, sir. His, his deal, four-year, $84 million with 40 guarantee, was not that much when you consider some of the money these guys are getting. And he's going to give great interior pressure to help take the pressure off of Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it all. I had to mention again, he is my number two free agent signing of the offseason. San Fran bringing in Javon Hargrave, defensive tackle. Great move by the Niners. I think we might have the same number one. I mean, if, you're, if your number one is not my number two, it should be this guy. Lamar Jackson, five years, $260 million. We've talked about it. I can't tell you how many times we've talked about it in two years about how this guy needed to get paid. All right, Baltimore's window is now. They've It's been now. It was the last two years. I still say that the reason why Lamar Jackson wasn't playing in the playoffs because he was like, he was like, you know what? You got to pay me. You got to pay me. I'm not stepping foot. The, did he have an injury? Yes. Could he have played? Probably. Maybe. But why would he do that if he wasn't getting paid yet? All right. Two, five years, $260 million, 185 guarantee. It had to get done. Baltimore's window is right now. All right, my friend. Number one for me. You already mentioned it, but you know where my heart belongs. You know what position I played. The number one free agent signing of this offseason so far. Cincinnati bringing in Orlando Brown Jr. We already talked about him. I tell you, a four-year, $64 million deal for left tackle is actually very reasonable in today's day and age. The fact that you got him away from Kansas City, your new arch rival in the AFC, the pers- the team that's in your way, Burrow has been sacked 90 times. Let me say that again. 90 times the last two years. Him and Justin Fields are the only two that are even close to that number. So you, in one fall swoop, Take away a left tackle from your arch rival, and you'll bring it in to secure your offensive line. Kudos, number one, Orlando Brown Jr. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, he was my number two, um, and yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. It's love such, it. Yeah. So now let's get to the the five worst. Oh, love all right. When we, I love when we now, talk trash. I will say this: 
my five worst are not exactly signings. Some of them are certain teams not signing certain players. Are you circumventing the rules, my friend? I am circumventing are, the are rules. You, are you betting on college games I, at the NFL facility? <laughs> All right. So let me give you some honorable mentions that I have here. These are two that I will, I, I will, I will literally once again kind of maneuvering around what the actual homework assignment was. But I did do a homework assignment. I will probably get it incomplete from my teacher because <laughs> it's not exactly what they were asking for. But honorable mention: the Cincinnati Bengals allowing both of their safeties to leave via free agency. They lost Jesse Bates III and Von Bell to free agency. They let both of those players go. And I think when you're talking about a team like the Cincinnati Bengals, who are right there as one of those three teams in the AFC that you're always going to say are going to be competing for a Super Bowl, to let both of those safeties go, I feel is a horrible decision. And that's why I... Can't exactly say it's a it's a free agent signing that was wrong, but it was the fact that they didn't sign those guys or didn't re-sign at least one of those guys. And that's that's one of my honorable mentions. My second honorable mention, Trevor Simeon signed with the Cincinnati Bengals as a backup quarterback. You're Jared just, Stidham. You're just roasting the Bengals. Jared Stidham signed with the Denver Broncos as a backup quarterback. Okay, Tim. All right, so... We, where's the where's the rant? Where's the Rick rant? Here's a Rick rant. Ooh, here's a, my beer. Here is a Rick rant. Jared Stidham, Trevor Simeon. What have these guys ever done to ever. believe to believe that at some point they are quality backup quarterbacks? Okay, I understand if you're saying like Andy Dalton. Oh, I could totally get behind that. Oh, I can understand about rookies or young young quarterbacks or something like that. These guys have been journeymen from team to team for years. Don't give me this Nathan Peterman should be a backup quarterback somewhere. Don't give me this Trevor Simeon should be a backup quarterback somewhere. These guys are not backup quarterbacks. These guys are failed backup quarterbacks that keep finding jobs at places. I don't get it. I don't understand. Draft a quarterback in the fourth round. Draft a quarterback in the fifth round. Pick somebody. Anybody. Don't pick these same guys over and over again that keep signing these contracts to be back in quarterback. Are, are these guys great in like the video room? Are they great with the headset on to help the quarterback understand what he's seeing on the field? These guys cannot play this position. Let me ask you a question that's rhetorical. Did you watch the NFC Championship game? Yes. What happened to the Niners once they ran out of quarterbacks? Well, they already they went through three in the season. Okay, <laughs> I. I when I'm I, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. Yes, the guys you mentioned probably shouldn't be in the NFL. But did you see what teams had to do this past season? We documented it all year. How many teams had to go with their third string guy? Basically, if you can take the ball from center and throw, you're going to have a job. When have you seen these guys been able to do that? I can't cite examples. <laughs> <laughs> like let's say like. When you're talking about bringing in the same quarterbacks that are journeymen through all these other places, and they've gone in when other people have been hurt, and they are do terrible, why are we still giving these people positions? Bring in new people. Bring in other people. You know what I mean? Like, A.J. McCarron left to go do, what, XFL or something like that. Bring A.J. McCarron in. At least... At least you're seeing that's how, something. That's how P.J. Walker got a job. Yeah, P.J. Walker. <laughs> like, he's the backup for the Bears. I'm not, Isn't that I'm terrible? Not, I'm not shading that. I'm shading these guys who continually don't get it done. We, these guys should not be in the NFL anymore. Bring in rookies. Bring in 
free agents. I don't care. Look at Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush is. I'm not bashing a Cooper Rush move as your backup quarterback because at least it's somebody different. Quit throwing the same backups out there every single time. Tim, yeah. do you have any? Uh, we we spent a bunch of time on the honorable mention segment, st- didn't we? Stepping back, Tim, do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, I have one. Uh, the Patriots bringing in Juju Smith-Schuster for the exact same money they could have paid Jacoby Myers to stay. Three years, $33 million for Juju, who had one good year when Big Ben was the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So that is my honorable mention. You know, I'm a Patriots guy. I had to throw shade at them at least once. Okay. Um, should we get right into the five worst? Do you want to start this time? Yeah, why not? All right. My number five for five worst, Carolina bringing Miles Sanders. I mentioned it in the best when I talked about Rashad Penny. I I understand Miles Sanders had good stats last season. I'm aware. BJ is aware. All right. Four years, $25 million for a running back not named Christian McCaffrey. What's going on? I, I, you're going to pay a running back... You're, he better be special. Deonta Foreman, who came in last year when you traded, got a one-year $3 million deal from the Bears. You couldn't have just kept him for $3 million? You had to throw $25 million over four years to Miles Sanders? Is he the answer to what ails you? No, not, not in Carolina. I mean, but I mean at the same exact time, we are two people that really understand how undervalued running backs are. You just saw on social media Melvin Gordon saying Todd Gurley got that big deal and Sean McVay said he immediately regretted it and he said, I'll never pay that much for a running back again and now nobody's paying running backs ever again. So Belichick's been doing that for years. I understand, but what I'm saying is is that is that running backs deserve to get paid. All right, and... I understand. Is it a bad deal compared to what other running backs are making? Yes. But at the same exact time, like, I'm not going to put it in my top five worst signings because, hey, running backs right now, if you can get paid, get paid because you're not going to. No, I'm saying from the Carolina point of view. I understand. I'm not saying from Miles Sanders. Good for you to get paid. I understand. That's what I'm saying. But that's why I'm not going to bash it because running backs are grossly ineptly underpaid. Okay. What's your number five, buddy? My number five, once again, we're going back to... To the ideology of the whole thing rather than actually a bad Cheer. signing. Yes. All right. Number five. No one's signing DeAndre Hopkins yet. <laughs> <laughs> How do you say a terrible signing when nobody has? That's what I'm saying. It's a terrible, it's a terrible free agent signing that nobody has signed this guy. This guy has always been one of the top ten receivers since he's been in the NFL. Since his second season in the NFL, he's always been a great receiver. Last year, he was suspended for half the season. He played nine games. He had 64 receptions. This guy isn't like on the downturn. This guy is still putting together 100 reception seasons. He was on pace to have in nine games. He missed eight. Those eight games he missed, he would have had on, he was on pace for 115 receptions. How are you not, how is nobody trying to pay this guy? You don't mean to tell me a team that is is right on the precipice of being a Super Bowl contender can't throw a a decent contract at this guy and get him in there to make him the one B to Stephon Diggs or the one B to you know whoever you know, like or New England New England could use a receiver to help Mac Jones turn into the quarterback that they want him to be. I don't know. I, if that's I didn't the just sell you on Juju Smith. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is is that is that this guy 
is going to make somebody is going to take somebody to another level in their offense. And how has nobody signed him? So what you're telling me is your number five worst signing is all 32 teams. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's it's the fact that nobody is signing this guy. Noted. 32 teams. Got <laughs> it. All right. My number four worst signing: the Vikings bringing in tight end Josh Oliver. Who exactly? They just gave a three-year, twenty-one million dollar deal with eight point two guaranteed for a blocking tight end. Oh, by the way, they haven't paid T.J. Hawkinson yet. I, what is going on? You're going to give three years and $21 million to a blocking tight end when you still have to pay Justin Jefferson and T.J. Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. In the immortal words of Coach Dicka, who are you crapping? Yep. All right. Number four. All right. This is the last one of these I'm going to do. Uh, I'm running out of beer, buddy. Number four. Detroit, Detroit not re-signing Jamal Williams. All right, I understand they wanted to go in a different direction. You let you you, you got rid of De, DeAndre Swift. They definitely zagged. You got rid of you let Jamal Williams go. You brought in a couple other players, Montgomery, Jamar, Jameer Gibbs. We're going to talk about that in upcoming yes, episodes. Yes, we will. But this dude bled Detroit blue. If you were watching Tough Knocks, this dude was on the front line for this team. This dude was a team leader. This dude was setting or what a team record for most touchdowns in a season. What a what a team that had Barry Sanders playing on it his whole career. Never heard of him. Yeah, exactly. Okay, dude. All right, but Jamal Williams. <laughs> remember the press conference after Week Seventeen oh, when God. when he when they took the Green Bay Packers out Eight, of the playoffs when 18, they were already yeah. out of it. Yeah, we, it was okay. a, it was a WWE the, shoot. It was the seventeenth game when he's sitting there crying about his. His grandfather passing away and stuff like that, and then turns around and says, "You don't dog us. You're gonna pay attention to us. You're gonna pay attention to Detroit." And so like what did Detroit do? They said, "Thanks for your troubles. Thanks for that interview. Don't let the door hit you on the way out." I say, "Shame on Detroit. That team. What that dude was one of those team leaders on Detroit. He bought into the Detroit way." He bought into that team. He bought into that coach. He was on board. And you and you let him go. Can you can you guys tell Rick's been waiting to do this? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how to follow that, but I will. My number three worst signing, the Denver Broncos signing Mike McGlinchey. Okay? He gave, they gave five years and $87.5 million to a right tackle. Not just a right tackle, but PFF's 35th ranked tra- tackle. 35th ranked tackle just got five years and $8.7 million. $87 million, not $8.7 million. I'm sorry, yeah, I apologize. $87 million to a right tackle who was ranked 35th by PFF. Denver Broncos, what the hell are you doing? Well, you like I said, I put it in there in my honorable mentions because of the fact that it not just, and I said I thought it was too much money, but at least they're addressing it and they're throwing it at it. But if you're talking about doing things in excess, isn't that the Denver Bronco way? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Num- my number three. Linebacker Eric Kendricks um, from the Minnesota Vikings to the L.A. Chargers. He signed a two-year, $13.5 million contract. This man is 31 years old. All right. Not only did you bring this guy in, but you let... 27-year-old Drew Tranquil leave to go to your division rival, the Super Bowl-winning Kansas City Chiefs. Drew Tranquil, who I believe is better than Eric Kendricks. So you 
paid this guy $13 million to move down when this guy, Drew Tranquil, went to KC for one year, $3 million. He is a better player. He's a cheaper player. And you basically paid more money to take a step down at the linebacker position. That That's what this list is about, all about. That makes no sense whatsoever. My number two worst free agent signing in the offseason, the, the New York Giants gave Daniel Jones four years and $160 million. I know that quarterbacks demand money. Did I miss something about his big, huge breakout of 15 touchdown passes and five interceptions? Did I miss something? Is Let me ask you this. Is Daniel Jones better than Teddy Bridgewater? The fact that yes. you have to think about it answers my question. Because Teddy Bridgewater is still unsigned, and they gave Daniel Jones four years and $160 million. I don't get it. All right, my number two, your number two, Daniel Jones. I mean, when you're talking about a guy you're paying all that money to, and in his four seasons as a starting quarterback, Tim, his first season he threw 24 touchdowns. And clap, clap, clap. Because that's as good as it gets. The next season, 10. The year after that, 11. Last year, 15. How do you give $40 million a year to a guy who, in the past three years, has never thrown more than 15 touchdown passes? I don't get it. And if you're talking about the fact that this guy can run, can he? I mean, he can, but he's not running like he's not running like Justin Fields ran last year. He's not running like Lamar Jackson has in his career. You know what I mean? He's not like somebody that's like, you, do you respect a Daniel Jones run? Yes. Do you respect a Daniel Jones run if Justin Fields is on the other side of the field? No, you don't. If you're telling me you have to worry about Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Josh Allen, and Daniel Jones, who are you least concerned about? Gee, let me think. Yeah, okay. And let me tell you this. If you want to talk about the one time, last in the playoff game when they played against Minnesota and Daniel Jones threw for 300 yards in that game, it's only happened three other times in three seasons. This man has four 300-yard passing games in three seasons. Remember right after when Lamar Jackson had his MVP year and everyone was like, oh, the guy barely threw for 300-yard. The guy rarely ever throws for 300 passing yards. He did it three times in that season. This guy's done it four times in three years, and you gave this guy a boatload of money. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. He was my number two. Now my number one worst, and I love it, Lamar Jackson. The Baltimore Ravens gave Lamar Jackson. I know you thought it was a great deal. I thought it was a horrible deal. They gave him a five-year, $260 million deal with $185, $185 million guaranteed. He has missed 10 games and a playoff game in the last two years. Speaking of those last two years... He's had 30, 38 total touchdowns and 25 turnovers. Okay? Now, riddle me this, Batman. Name me a running quarterback that has had a long, productive career and won a Super Bowl after getting extended. I'll wait. Yeah, he'll probably keep waiting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my point. You're not paying for what he's already done. You're supposed to pay him for what he's going to do. We don't see running quarterbacks have long, productive careers, and we don't see quarterbacks that, after they get extended, win Super Bowls unless their name is Pat Mahomes. 
That's it. You just gave him $185 million guaranteed. You are locked into that deal for the next five years. Yeah, I, they are locked into that deal. But once again... This is a team that won a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. Okay? This is a team that is, win, is in win-now mode. In my opinion, with the Baltimore Ravens. You better, because you're screwed the four years after that. Well, it's, once again, you're kind of screwed when it comes to quarterbacks in general. You want to talk about the worst free agent signing? Let's talk about the first worst free agent signing. Number one, Jimmy Garoppolo. I understand. <laughs> I understand you're not paying this dude $40 million. That's why he wasn't on my list. You're not paying him too much. It's three years, $72.8 million. He's cheaper than Derek Carr, but he's less of a player than Derek Carr is. He has a lingering broken foot injury. He is literally paying this guy a whole bunch of money to be a stopgap quarterback while you figure out who the next first-round QB is that you're going to get. Is it Caleb Williams next year? Not if Arizona has anything to say about it. But this team is throw- this team in Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Raiders, when you said, told Jimmy G it's not going to work out, I mean, when you told Derek Carr it wasn't going to work out, and you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo for Devontae Adams, this team just screams like punting the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, They are all in on Josh McDaniels. They have basically given him the keys to the car, and he has driven it over a cliff, and they just don't recognize they're still falling. Yeah. I mean, they are no better often than where they were when Art Shell came back. A beautiful stadium. I mean, they moved to Las Vegas. It is prime. It is how, prime. Way, we'll get into it next episode. But how amazing has Las Vegas become as a sports team? Absolutely. It's it's one of those things where it just aggravates you. Because the Vegas Knights, we're going to talk about that in the next episode. How great is that? How great of a story oh, is that? But, I mean, when we're talking about the doldrums of sports teams, like, the Vegas deserves... Great sports teams. Vegas deserves great ownership. They don't deserve. Like, the, the the fan base in Las Vegas and the Las Vegas community doesn't deserve the Raiders. They deserve better. They don't deserve the A's and the Athletics. They deserve better. When you're talking about that ownership of those two teams, you should be doing a lot better for, this, for the city of, of Las Vegas. Because that city is diving into sports and they're going to dive into whatever you put in there and some of that, and they deserve better than that. Can, can you? I, I can hear the passion in your voice. That that's our adopted town. We, you know, we both love that town. And you're right; they deserve better. Um, we always end our podcast episodes with a best bet segment. I thought we would have fun with it in the off season. The as of our recording here, the NFC champion odds is what we're going to talk about. These odds are courtesy of our friends at DraftKings. The top five teams. Odds-wise, to win the NFC, you got Philadelphia at plus two fifty, San Fran at plus four twenty-five. No surprises there. Dallas at plus six hundred, solely because they're the Dallas Cowboys. Detroit at plus one thousand. Seattle at plus eleven hundred. Those are the top five. I thought we would break down. We can tag team back and forth. Our favorite bet, our best value, and our best long shot. Ricky, start us off. All right, so. I'm going to go with my my best long shot here. My best long shot is is the New York Giants, who are crazy. Did, did I miss the segment where you crapped on Daniel Jones? I did crap on Daniel Jones. Got but it. Got it. This is a team that was a playoff team last year. This is a team that made it to the divisional round last year. And this is a team that right now is at about plus 3,000 to win the NFC. 
plus 3,000, 30 to 1 to win the NFC. Uh, and you're talking about a team that has gotten better in a lot of positions. Have they gotten better at quarterback? Well, they haven't got worse. They're still the same guy. I mean, like that, but but to in to put that to put it mildly, these are teams that are picked to win the NFC at higher odds than the playoff team that was the Giants last year. A team who I say the Giants have gotten better. With Darren Waller at tight end, you've got several positions where they've gotten better. They 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 gave the franchise tag to Saquon. I know he doesn't like it, but you know, if he doesn't like hold out a significant amount of time, he just holds out for a week or two. I mean, this is a team that could compete with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, this is uh, probably not for, with for Philadelphia, but I'm saying like this is a team that can come in second in this division. They can beat the Dallas Cowboys. If there's a team that has done less than than the than the Giants, it's the Dallas Cowboys haven't done a whole lot this offseason, in my opinion, to make them think that they are that much vastly better than the the New York Giants. No, it's just the only reason I'm throwing that on. is because they're hold the on. Dallas Cowboys. These are these are teams in the NFC that are picked higher, have a have a higher odds to win the NFC than the New York Giants. The Falcons, the Bears, the Saints. Why? <laughs> Why these teams? I, I can make a case for the Saints, but the other two, I, I you got nothing. Why? I got nothing. So when you're talking about like the long, best long shot value, it's the New York Giants, in my opinion. Uh, all right, so if we're starting at the bottom, my best long shot, and, and I use the true sense of the word long shot because, you know, I love my uh, horse racing. The best long shot for me is the Los Angeles Rams at plus 4,500. That's 45 to 1. Now, when we talk about long shot, take your $1 free bet, take your $5 free bet, whatever's your half a unit play. 45 to 1 for a team that won the Super Bowl two years ago. I'm not trying to say they're going to be good. In fact, they had 13 draft picks this past season. They they think they're rebuilding. However, if Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald all stay healthy, Sean McVay hasn't forgot to coach, 45-1 to 1 for a long shot, I'll throw my couch change on that. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Once again, these are long shots. These are things that, I mean, if you actually told us, do you really realistically think these things are going to happen? Both of us would be like, no. No, but, obviously not. But at forty five to you're one, throwing, throw your five dollar free bet. If you have a five dollar free bet and you throw it on the Giants to win the NFC, and it's going to pay you a hundred and sixty five dollars, it's a five dollar free bet. I mean, come on, you get all you get those all the time. I mean, BetMGM is just giving you free bets every now day. to bet just every Saturday. Yep. Like, bet with us, please. <laughs> it's like they're yeah. like, please bet with us. <laughs> like, but okay. So now the best. Now, we did the best long shot, the best value. I think it's the Detroit Lions at plus 1,000. I think the Detroit Lions are, do I feel like they are my best bet? No. But do I feel like they can make it happen? Yes, I do. I mean, if you're not going to say the Lions, then I could also make a, a said, said I could also make us, if you say, if you're that much against the Lions, then I would say the another good value is the Minnesota Vikings. Because if one team, if it's not if the Lions aren't your pick, then that means the Vikings are still winning that division. I hear you. I, I thought the best value was New Orleans Saints at, at plus thirteen hundred. They're in the worst division in football. They can win that by default. And if that division is bad as we think it's gonna be, they might even get a buy. I, I'm not saying they're great. What I'm saying is the Eagles still have to contend with the Cowboys and the Giants. And, and, and 
I like I said, I know the Niners are great, but we don't know what's up with their quarterback situation. The, the Seahawks are still there. The, the Saints at 13-1, I think, is a really good value. And that was the assignment, great value. Mm-hmm. So I like the Saints at 13-1. Okay. My favorite bet for NFC champion is the San Francisco 49ers at plus 425. The San Francisco 49ers are a team that are set up like um, the Baltimore Ravens the, the two times they won the Super Bowl. The Baltimore Ravens, um, when they had Joe Flacco – and when they had Trent Dilfer, stack the team up with everything else but quality quarterback. Which is what I tried to say. Well, that was such a bad signing. Yeah, well, that's what you're talking about the Ravens now. I'm not talking about that. We're talking about the NFC, dude. Why did you have to go back to that? You just said. Why, I'm saying that with with the way the 49ers are set up, with Christian McCaffrey, the, the litany of quality receivers, George, George Kittle, you've got... A bunch of uh, stack. You got a stacked defense. I mean, I, I just think that I understand at plus four twenty five. It's not the best. It's not the best odds. It's not like your plus one thousand. It's not like your plus fifteen hundred or something like that. But I say when you're talking about a realistic bet, I mean the 49ers in some websites is down to plus three fifty. I've I got it at plus four twenty five. I've already locked it in, and I think Where's it's going. Folks, where you got it at four twenty five? At four twenty five, it was at. I don't have it written down. <laughs> Great. Good stuff. <laughs> okay. But I believe it was at a bet MGM at plus 425. And it was at one point over four plus 400 at DraftKings about a week ago when I first started doing my homework. So um, in my opinion, I think this is... This is a this is a, a race the this race to the finish line, and San Francisco is starting off way ahead of everybody else. I, I, I like it. I understand what you're saying. I, I thought my favorite bet in the NFC is the Lions plus 1,000. Um, I think right now the price for the Eagles and the Niners is a little high. With 18 weeks to go, anything could happen. I mean, the Eagles look stacked, but God forbid something happens to Jalen Hurts. Row, row raggy. I, I'm not 100% sure what's going on with the Niners quarterback situation. So if you're going to give me the Lions, who I think should be the third best team in the NFC should win the NFC North. You're going to give them to me a 10 to one. I, that's my favorite bet in the NFC. All right. Well, I will tell you this. I have, I'm going to throw this out here. Here's a little tease for everybody. Ooh. When we start talking about divisions, I have a nice big chunk about the, the Philadelphia Eagles and why I believe they will not Whoa. return to the Super Bowl. Teaser. All right, guys. So that wraps up our first episode I don't know if you guys can hear in our voices, but we've been amped up to get this going. We have been excited to bring this back into the fold here, to get this back going here. I'm excited for what we've got coming up in the next couple of days. Um, We've got next week, we're going to be hitting with all kinds of coming at you with divisions and stuff like that. We're going to be breaking down every single team, the moves and all that other stuff. We've got a couple other episodes coming up in the next couple of days. We've got uh, what do we got? Episode. We've got the draft episode. We've got trade episodes. We, we, we've got a bunch of stuff that we're super excited about. I'm excited to be back doing this again. Like I said, the dog days of summer, let's talk football. Damn right. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time.